0: Hi, this is Walford Kaufman, another teaching time as we're closing out the study of the book of Hosea. We're closing out the book of Hosea. I hope you got your Bibles open and ready. We're going to be looking at discovering God's love. Let's begin in prayer. Father, as we journey into your precious book of Hosea, thank you that it still teaches us that you pursue us with your love. Lord, you will, you will uh, discipline us. You will punish us for sin. But Lord, if we will confess our sin, you will love us, and Lord, thank you for that. You will forgive us. We praise you for that. So guide us through this study in Jesus' name, Amen. The first is we're going to look at Hosea fourteen verse four. Hosea fourteen verse four. For we see that the heart of Hosea's message is God's love and forgiveness. God's love and forgiveness. Hosea 14 verse 4 says this, I will heal their waywardness and love them freely, for my anger has turned away from them. So how can God, think about it, how can God be such highly indignant, I mean with discipline, but deeply compassionate? How can he have wrath that is so terrible? You think about the Old Testament. How many things that he did in punishing his people, but then his mercy is beyond understanding. See, God's love is always extended to his people. His forgiveness though is condition, condition upon two things: the attitude of the sinner and the response of the sinner. Think about a child that says, "Oh, I'm sorry." do they really mean it? Or one that says, oh, I'm sorry, I'll go take out the trash like I was supposed to, but then they don't do it. So think about sinners. It's our attitude and our response. See, repentance and return is needed in forgiveness. We have forgot about that in our world today. We've got a lot of people that are saying, I'm sorry, but they do nothing about how sorry they were and what they've done. But scholars salute this book of Hosea. I get, I'm glad they do because this has been one of the hardest studies for me because like I've said in the very first teaching time, it's not one of those that, oh, you know, uh, chronological going through it. It jumps around so much. But what we find out and scholars salute Hosea for this, it helps us understand the nature of God. To understand the nature of God From other prophets, uh, we've learned things such as God's power, God's justice, and God's wrath. But then from Hosea, we learn about the love of God and how wonderful this love is. And so the love of God is magnified there in the book of Hosea. Hosea was able to do all that because he brought it to a personal level. This idea of Hosea and his wife, Gomer, and that broken love uh, relationship they had because of her disobedience and all. So what we see first is God of wrath or God of love. And some people think he is just a God of wrath. And some think he's just a God of love. But for be a God of wrath, he has to be a God of love. and If he's a God of love, he has to be a God of wrath. It works both together. So we here today as we're going through the study, we are at a great disadvantage, are we not? Because see, it's hard for us to look at the book of Hosea or look at the Old Testament books of God's wrath because we have the New Testament. A few weeks we celebrate in the birth of Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. And then we think of Easter, that Jesus died on that cross For God so loved the world that he sent his son, but he sent his son to go to that cross for us. So we see all this. But see, Hosea was able to help us understand God's wrath also. uh, And as tremendous as this wrath is, is because of his infinite love. He loves us so much that his wrath is at this much. And then think about it. This matchless love because of this being capable of divine wrath. Now, not very often do you hear those two words together, divine and wrath, but his wrath is not one out of an angry God. It's not out of God's anger. It's out of God's love that we experience his wrath. Think about it. God has revealed his love. God has demonstrated his love. God has acted upon his love. And the best thing of all, God has shared his love. And so we can praise him today for that. So with this love of God poured out upon us, how is God to act? How is God to act when his love is only rejected? And today, think about how many people in this world not only reject God's love, they make fun of God's love. So he has no way to act but one way. And that's with his wrath. So Hosea used three figures, three concepts, Or what it's uh, emphasizing the relationship of God to His people. The first one is in 11 verse 1. Concept, a father and a son. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. And so there's that concept of a father and son relationship. And then look over in chapter 2 verse 6. Chapter 2, verse 6, they we see declare, the Lord, you will call me my husband, you will no longer call me my son. So we've seen this relationship this of God to his people, father and a son, a husband and wife, and then we see a king and his subjects. And that is chapter 13, verse 10, chapter 13, verse 10. Where is your king that he may save you? Where are your rulers and all your towns of whom you said, Give me a king and princes. So here we have all this. So if you got time this winter... Now, if we have a big snow, wouldn't that be nice? I mean, that kind of isolation, I don't mind, but a big snow, it'd be good for you to go through the book of Hosea and mark, underline yellow, whatever you want to do, mark all the different references there to punishment, all the different words that leads back into the idea of punishment. See, judgment was coming to the people of Israel. Uh, But when you look at God, God could do no less and still be true to his nature. Nature, Think about it. He could not be a holy God and allow people not to go unpunished. This judgment was not brought on by a, an angry God. It was self-inflicted. And we need to be reminded of that. Well, God did this. God hasn't done anything but blessed us and given us so much. And guess what? When we are punished is not because of God, but because we failed to follow God's teachings, follow God's love. And so the next thing we look at is the heart of God is revealed. The heart of God is revealed. Let us always be reminded of this. Sin separates. Sin separates. Sin separated Hosea from his wife, Gomer. Sin separated God and the people of Israel. And so not only is sin separating us, but also sin must be judged, must be judged. Let's be reminded of that. And so look at that. Sin must be judged. Confess sin is followed by a healing word of compassion. Look over in chapter six, verse one. Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces. But here's what you need to be reminded He has torn us to pieces, but he will heal us. He has injured us, but he will bind up our wounds. Let us be reminded of that. He will bind up our wounds. And so let's go now to the mercy of God. Look over in chapter 2 of Hosea. Chapter 2 of Hosea, and we're going to start right around verse 14. And so we see some beautiful things that are happening here with the mercy of God. And so I'm going to read that verses 14 through 23. And then I'll go through the list. Therefore, I am now going to allure her. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her. There I will give her back her vineyards and will make the valleys of Akor a door of hope. There she will sing as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came out, up out of Egypt. And that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband and you will no longer call me my master. I will remove the names of the bells from her lips. No longer will their names be invoked. In that day, I will make a covenant for them with the beasts of the field and the birds of the air and the creatures that move along the ground. And but bow and sword and battle, I will abolish from the land so that all may lie down in safety." I will betroth you to me forever. I will betroth you in righteousness and justice and love and compassion. I will betroth you in faithfulness and you will acknowledge the Lord. In that day, I will respond, declares the Lord. I will respond to the skies, and they will respond to the earth. And the earth will respond to the grain, the new wine and oil. And they will respond to Jezreel. I will plant her for myself in the land. I will show my love to the one I called, not my loved one. I will say to those called, not my people, you are my people. How beautiful that is. And they will say, you are my God. And so what we see here in verse 14 is that the mercy of God, that God is going to win over the people of Israel. He's going to win them over again. And then he's going to speak to her heart. We see that in verse 14. And there's verse 15 deals going to restore the fruitfulness of Israel's land. And then verse 15 there also includes to give her a door of hope. And then uh, verse 15 there, it also included not only fruitfulness and a door of hope, it also talks about the songs of joy. The songs of joy. She's going to be singing again. And then verse 16 talks about recognizing Israel as his wife. Oh, he's proud. This is my wife. And then verse 17, to banish the re- remembrance of any of those false gods. It deals with the bales from her lips. The false gods. And then we see to provide and protect. That's his bride. That's his people. He's going to provide for them and he's going to protect them. And then he's going to betroth her in loving kindness. In other words, that marriage again and how wonderful it's going to be as they come together and to, to betroth her in loving kindness. And then last is to have mercy upon her. Mercy with love. See, a lot of folks say, well, I forgive you, but they won't forget. Or if they say they forgive you, but they remind you over and over and over again, the things that you don't know, His mercy upon them. And then we see in the book of Hosea, as we close out, the healing of God. The healing of God is not God's love to His people. One of the strangest uh, things, the, the love of God. Isn't that one of the strongest things that should pull people toward God? See, God doesn't want us to come to Him because we have been beaten by Him. We have been punished by Him. We've been pushed in a corner and the only thing we got left to do is to love Him. He wants us to love Him. And so that should be the key. God loves us and we love God. How wonderful that is. And so His heart could not and would not let Israel go. God's love involves love in action upon every level of of human life. How wonderful God's love is. Let's look at chapter 6, verse 6. Chapter 6, verse 6. For I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. See, God wanted the people of Israel, He wanted their heart, And he wanted their mind, not their, quote, sacrifices, not just their allegiance. See, there's a lot of folks that show up at churches today because they have to. That's because they've always done it. It's not because they woke up on the Sunday morning and said, I love God. I love his people. I'm I'm loving church. I want to be in church. Nothing will keep them out of that fellowship. Nothing would keep them out of, of that, that worshiping together. See, God's love is, is really all about grace and love together. He loves us that much. And then look at chapter seven, verse one. And it says there, and whenever I would heal Israel, the sins of Ephraim are exposed and the crimes of Samaria revealed. They practice deceit. Thieves break into the house and bandits rob in the streets. So we see here, he wanted to win them back. He even says it, whenever I would heal Israel, his intentions all along was to win the people of Israel back. So look over in chapter 14. In 14 there, uh, verse 2. See, God wanted to win them back. And see, God doesn't want anybody today to go to hell. Did you know that God does not want anybody to go to hell? He wants everybody to be saved. Everybody repented sin. Now you can't go to heaven just because you want to. It's not, well, God, God wouldn't do that. No, God would not send you to hell. You will send yourself to hell by when you choosing not to follow him. And so it's their choice. It's our choice. What does God want from us? Look there in verse, uh, Uh, 2 of chapter 14. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all our sins and receive us graciously that we may offer the fruit of our lips. So the first thing that God wants from us is for confession of our sins. And that's what it says, uh, forgive all our sins. Say to him, forgive all our sins. That's very simple, isn't it? Say to God, Forgive me of my sins. The second thing is forgiveness and restoration must be, I'll go ahead and use this word, begged. Must be begged. Say to him, forgive all our sins and receive us graciously that we may offer the fruit of our lips. And so forgiveness and restoration must be begged for. Confessing our sins and begging God because we're not worthy. He is but begging him in our sins and our imperfectness and saying, please restore me. And then we see thanksgiving and gratitude must be expressed. That's in verse six. It says there, uh, his shoots, uh, young shoots will grow. His splendor will be like an olive tree, his fragrance, like a cedar of Lebanon. And so we see uh, thanksgiving and gratitude must be expressed. Uh, that All that can God can do in us that we can blossom and grow again. And so let us be reminded of that. For we have the God who restores. The God who restores. Uh, Chapter 14, verse 4. I will heal their waywardness and love them freely. For my anger has turned away from them. What we see here is God will heal our backsliding. NIV says waywardness. That's the same thing for us as believers. And we, oh, we've been following God, but we backslid. We've fallen away from God. So what we need to do is we seek forgiveness. Um, And so God is wanting to forgive the people of Israel, even though they have committed uh, idolatry. They had committed adultery by worshiping these false gods and all this. And then to renew a relationship that's been broken. To renew a relationship. Sin is always there to divide us between between us and God. But to have that renewed uh, relationship. And then we need to have deliverance from that habit of backsliding. You say, habit of backsliding, I understand. I don't know what denomination you may be from. I, I've been able to journey through a couple of denominations while growing up and, and all. But there's some folks that they, they, they get saved every Sunday. They recommit every Sunday and all this. Folks, when they're sin, we need to make sure to confess it. We need to renew that relationship. But we need to get out of the habit of backsliding. The first chance we get, we turn away from God. And so look over there at Hosea 2, verse 23. Hosea 2, verse 23. It says, I will plant her for myself in the land. I will show my love to the one I called, not my loved one. I will say to those called, not my people, you are my people. And they will say, you are my God. And so Hosea truly believed God's love would triumph. God's love would triumph. So as we close this study, as we walk out in this crazy world of ours today, it looks dark, doesn't it? Sin seems to be everywhere around. So as we walk into that dark world, I want you to look in that dark world. There's a door of hope. There is a door of hope. And it's not by our becoming perfect, for that will never happen. It's not because we're that good, for we're not that good. The door of hope is the love of God. Just think, not only how wonderful is this love of God, not only how wonderful is this love of God, but how great is this love of God. We cannot measure it. Praise God, we cannot measure it. We can't contain it. We can't bottle it. We just need to live in this love of God. Let's pray. Father, I do pray for each person that has journeyed through this study. Thank you for their patience patience as I messed up a lot of scripture, but I hope we got to the right ones. But Lord, we just thank you in this journey. We realize how wonderful you are, that you love us and you pursue us, but it's our responsibility. It's our part now that we now we now confess our sins and turn away from our wicked ways and we come to you because we want to. We love you that much. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, bless you this day and we'll start a new journey and a new Bible study just next week. Take care.